Welcome back to another episode of Faye Answered Questions. Uh, this week I'm joined by uh, my parents, mom and dad. Hello. Hello. G'day, Australia. And my brother, Ben. Hola. Cool. And this week on the episode, the topic that we're going to be discussing is diets. Is there a good one? Is there a bad one? Is there a best one? Uh, a little bit of background on this uh, topic. My parents have been vegan for a few years now. One year. Sorry. Been one year. I'll let them talk. Oh, nice. <laughs> Very good. Uh, yeah. So um, uh, we decided about a, well, it's right out a year ago to uh, start a vegan lifestyle. Not that we used, well, when the kids were growing up, we had a lot of meat. But then we started to get away from that uh, once the kids started leaving the house. So we moved more to a vegetarian lifestyle and then decided we'd take the plunge and go full vegan. Um, we've been doing that for a year now. And it has really uh, accelerated uh, our weight loss and our health overall. Uh, I, the kids will refer to me as Benjamin Button quite a lot because I keep going to the doctor and they keep telling me that I am uh, healthy and, and young and look like I'm 10 to 15 years younger than I actually am age-wise. So I just assume that I'm Benjamin Button and that I am aging backwards. But uh, definitely the health benefits from a vegan lifestyle for us have been prolific, far too prolific to go into this 45-minute podcast. So I would suggest a couple of things very quickly. Uh, Game Changers is a documentary that you can go and watch. You Are What You Eat is another one. The China study uh, or the, is another good thing to go and research all about uh, your diet and what diseases relate to your diet. And I'm getting way too deep, way too quick. That is where we feel we're going. We feel we're a lot healthier and a lot better for what we've been doing. But let's kick it back for what other diets there may be. Well, let me say this with the vegan one. I've suffered with migraines since I was in fourth grade. So we're talking decades here. And I started doing, had the opportunity to do acupuncture and that helped greatly. And then I've been doing that for six, eight months. And then we went vegan and I noticed an even greater reduction of migraines from that and you know occasionally we'll have we'll decide we want a, a cheeseburger or something or a piece of cheese and i've noticed dairy sets off my migraines so by going vegan we've discovered that i probably had more food allergies than we realized so that has helped in that respect not having to worry about a migraine or what's going to cause it because we eat organic plant-based well, dairy is not really super good for the human body anyway. Like we shouldn't really be drinking cow's milk because that's not made for us. And I love cheese, but cheese will jack you up if you eat too much of it. So, <laughs> I mean, at least I that think part. Can bind you up. That also. But yeah, as I get the dairy part of it, the dairy part of it definitely makes sense. Um, I guess I will talk about dieting things that I've done in the past and I'm kind of doing now, I guess. Uh, for a little while, I went and did the 
the keto diet. Yeah. Um, and it was I I did lose um a lot of weight really fast. The only problem with it is it's not a sustainable diet. You can do it for, you know, however long I guess you need to so you can so I guess you can lose the weight, but the problem with it is you have to wean yourself off of it and then your body's immediate response after that was like is always no bro, never again, don't ever put me through that and you just pack that weight back on typically pretty fast and typically worse than before. So that diet yes it sheds pounds, but it is it's not sustainable and you can't like you, you always end up putting weight back on unless you find some other diet or change your eating habits to to try and mitigate that that weight gain because your body's your your body's immediate response is cuz you basically starve your body on keto you just eat meat fats and some veg and it's really hard to to not uh, or to limit your sugar intake, and it's also extremely hard to get your body into like full ketosis because even on the keto diet, you can't reach full ketosis, and one little gram of sugar here or there can kick you right out of it. Okay, and it's really difficult for the for the listeners that may not know what the keto diet is exactly. What could you explain kind of what it is? Uh, so basically, what it is is you you don't it's it's like no carbs, like absolutely no carbs. And you eat a lot of um, fats, uh, and and what you're trying to do with this diet is get your body to instead of burn um, carbohydrates and like complex sugars and that kind of stuff for energy, you're you're getting you're you're trying to get your body into a state of burning your fat stores and your fat reserves for energy. And uh, you, to do that, it's it's a difficult like the first couple of weeks of that diet are are difficult to get your body to switch over. And you feel you definitely feel hungry all the time. There's this thing called the keto flu that comes along with that. Like you feel sick and stuff. I didn't get it too bad, but I know people that have got it really, really bad uh, when you first switch over because it's a drastic change for your body. So if you do decide you want to do that to lose a lot of weight quickly, I I'm not advocating for it, and I would say definitely check with your physician, no matter what type of health you're in. But yeah, you eat a lot of. Um, like avocados to get those those good fats from avocados. Um, surprisingly, you can eat bacon because bacon's mainly just fat. American bacon. Yeah, American bacon, not Canadian bacon or, or anything else. Or Australian bacon. Yeah, sure. Eggs. It's basically just a lot of protein mm. and a lot of fats, and it it's it's it seems that it's it seems counterintuitive that you would eat fat to get your body to burn fat, but apparently that's how the science behind it works. But I would not recommend. Uh, what I would recommend, if you're not trying to go full like vegan or anything like that, is uh, intermittent fasting. Uh, that's not too bad. I kind of do that now, um, where I will. I I don't eat uh, breakfast per se in the mornings. I usually don't eat anything until about ten o'clock in the morning, and then I have like a um, like a breakfast biscuit, usually like a, a chicken biscuit or something. Uh, and then I'll eat a couple hours later at noon for lunch, and then I'll try and eat dinner like an old man at like five thirty, six o'clock after I get home from work, and then I might have one more snack before I go to bed, and then I just don't eat after that. I said might. 
usually I don't eat usually I don't eat a snack after dinner. So usually I just get all my eating done between ten and like six, like seven at the latest, because I'm usually in bed by like nine thirty. Mm-hmm. Um so it's like, you are getting old. Yeah, I know. So that's like that's my window and it has worked. Um Are you heading for the early bird special? Maybe. Um Yeah, next week maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh we'll see. I might hit it on my way home from work, but it has worked. I, I, I have lost probably 12 to 13 pounds doing it. So that's not too bad. Yeah. Roughly around there. Some of that also was stress induced, but we're not going to talk about that. I do not advocate stress as a weight loss technique. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's, let's Josh, you are the younger one of the group. Correct. What is your generation thinking that they were? Uh, well, I I know I can't speak for my generation per se on that, but um, from some research that I have done, um, and with my degree being in biomedical engineering, I feel like I can talk with some authority on the matter. Yeah, yeah, I'm pulling it. Um, but what I, what I have seen that's very interesting is, and I actually have the article pulled up in just a moment, is that the... Uh, the International Agency for Research on Cancer, uh, which is part of the WHO, they have carcinogen lists, so things that cause cancer. So tobacco, like, like those class one, that what they call group one carcinogens are things that definitely cause cancer in humans, and then group two is things that might or will probably cause cancer in humans. Um, and the interesting thing on here is that processed meat is put into group one um so for let's say here for every 50 gram portion of processed meat eaten daily increase the risk of colorectal cancer by 18 percent so i should probably not eat lunch meat anymore no because i will get the butt cancer yes and for those that don't know what you know colorectal cancer is that's um what recently what chadwick boseman died of um, right but uh, and when they say processed meat it refers to meat that has been transformed through quote salting curing fermentation smoking or other processes to enhance flavor or improve preservation holy crap this country's in trouble if they can't have smoked meat yes. wait so barbecue <laughs> gives you cancer barbecue will yeah. yes. and, fuck it I'm just gonna ask cancer for barbecue <laughs> <laughs> and so you're I, talking like your bacon, your sausages, your mm-hmm. uh, lunch meats, your canned meats. Your yeah. Don't eat spam, you nasties. So pretty much anything that um, you don't immediately take from the animal and just cook is um, that's your group one carcinogen. And they classify red meat as uh, a group, what they call 2A, which is probably carcinogenic. To humans. Oh, good thing um, I don't eat steak all that often, and pork chops rarely. Bacon more so than well, actually not that yeah. often. So, from my point of view, like we definitely like, especially as you know, Americans. Well, since we live here, Americans, uh, we shouldn't eat as much meat in our diet because um, that's the thing here. It's like with every meal, there's you know, chunk of meat. Um, 
as like a big part of the dish when it, it really doesn't need to be that part of the dish. So for me, uh, when I was living at home last year, because uh, my parents were vegan, I was mostly vegan by default. Um, and there were times, you know, like I'll cook something for myself and have a little bit of meat here and there. Um, cause even though it does, you know, cause cancer, it's freaking delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I would argue from the point that like probably the best diet is one that, you know, is mostly vegan, um, and allows for a little bit of meat in there. Um, just because there, there are things that you get from meat that you can't get as easily from other sources. Um, like vitamin B12, for example. Everything in moderation, though, too. So, yeah. I think when you look at what you're eating, you need to buy and eat organic whole foods as much as possible. I know that, you know, depending on what you're doing, where you are in life, price is can be prohibited for you to, to eat that way. We have found over the years that it was better for us to spend the money on healthy foods than it was not to because the long run saving was we didn't go to the doctor for problems. Our body was able to handle the issues that came up because we were eating, you know, to use some of the old catchphrase, we were eating clean. We were eating as best we could at that point. I mean, and you have to look at your situation and, and what, what's coming in, what's going out. Most people, when they're looking at their bills and stuff, food is one of those things that they will cut back as hard as they can because they know they can buy processed stuff cheaply. And so, you know, when it comes to, you know, parents make these decisions when it comes to paying the mortgage or the rent or the power bill or whatever versus food on the plate you're like well what do we do well we need to have somewhere safe to live for the children so we're doing that and we'll eat not as healthy as we would want to but at least they're getting something but you need to eat as as cleanly as you can as you can afford as you can afford to i mean and if part of that is you grow your own food and then that's what you do because then you know what it is it's not a you make sure your seeds are the heirloom seeds and they're not the GMO or genetically changed seeds. And All right. Well, GMO isn't, you know, a scary thing. Going to put that out, out there. I would argue for GMO, but it's a different topic. I think the big thing, and seeing as how I happen to be the one that always wants to be controversial and upset everybody and paint with a very broad brush, um, I will assume that again. Let's look at, well, let's look at the two countries that we represent, which is the United States and Australia, both of whom are at the top of the world for the obesity epidemic. I was about to say Fatty McFat Fat 1 and Fatty McFat Fat 2. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> on one hand, you have a president in this country that does McDonald's and all the fast food he can get his hand on and shuns a vegetable and on the other hand hands. and on the other hand you have russell mcfatty crow um who after he stopped working in hollywood decided obesity was the way to go well i saw a picture of him recently oh my whale yeah 
yeah, yeah, that that was humpback crow. Um, anyway, the reason uh, the reason is, guys, uh, we have uh, fashioned our societies on convenience and uh, laziness. So we would rather drive through somewhere and get something to eat than actually get out and freaking walk from the car to a shop because Lord knows we don't want to put those 15 steps on our shoes. Uh, the other thing is it is far easier to eat processed than it is to eat healthy because we don't want to spend time in the kitchen cooking. And so it's easier to throw something in the oven and heat it up than it and walk away from it and and, and know that in 15 minutes when the timer goes off, it's going to be ready, than it is to actually sit there and chop something up and think about what you're having to do. But all that's led to is high death rate through pulmonary cardio disease, cancers, and everything else in both countries, uh, high, high rate of diabetes. In both. And also, of course, we have people that at 40 for some reason, 280 pounds seems like a good average weight. We've done that to ourselves. And it was a while back in, in our life where we decided that if we turned the label, uh, you know, turn the box over on something and read the ingredient label, if we couldn't actually pronounce the ingredients that were within the label, then it probably wasn't worth eating. Like, I don't care if you say basil or basil. If you say oregano or oregano, makes me no difference. But if you can't say disulfide trichloxamorphin, then obviously you shouldn't be putting that into your body. <laughs> That's that's just our opinion. That is what we do as nations, two nations in the world that have the highest obesity rate out there. And the other interesting thing is when immigrants come to either one of those countries, they, they, the first, the, like the ones that immigrate usually eat the way they eat in their uh, native country, but then the first, second, and third generations start moving away from that diet. And the minute those generations start moving away from that diet, guess what? They start getting a westernized body. They blow out. They start getting fat. You know, they start having health problems and health diseases. And it is really interesting when you look at the study. And I think what I think it was what Ben said earlier, moderation moderation probably the first smartest thing that boy's ever said in his life but moderation he's heard it his whole life um as to what went on first know. of all rude <laughs> <laughs> second of all i resent that you resemble that yes. no resent resent i've said other smart things not many <laughs> but a few um so one of the things you were saying josh was pescatarian yeah, yeah, I put that in the in the family chat, which I guess they're just vegans who are clinging on to the it's last vegan. little bee meat that they possibly can without saying it's red meat. They'll, they'll eat fish. Yeah. 
which is, I mean, honestly, every once in a while, a good fish and chips, you can't beat it. Um, you know, but it, it's the same thing. It goes back to a little bit occasionally is okay. I mean, because I found, I love tofu. I absolutely love tofu because you can do so much with it. But you have to be careful with tofu because of the levels of estrogen that it has in it. And so for me, I can have it once or twice a month and that's about it. If I have it more than that, I end up having some flare up of some other issues. Um, so for me, that that's a treat. I would love to have, you know, fried tofu a couple times a week or whatever. And, can't do that. <laughs> it, and, it, and when you're trying to figure out what you want to eat, how you want that to look, it can be a lot of trial and error. It can be a lot of research, but it's also being aware and listening to what your body is saying and what works for you, not just going, oh, that doesn't work for me. I like, well, did you really try that? Did you really try going completely off of something? And then slowly reintroducing it to see how that's going to happen. You know, if that's going to cause a reaction, we found that out with Felicity when we were living in Australia and we all ended up with flu those 10 days. And then we eventually started reintroducing things back and we found out she had allergies to the different food dyes and certain things would cause an adverse reaction in her. So we knew she couldn't have that. So that's also, you know, you have to pay attention to your body. Boys, who has a question? I see faces. No, I was going to say something about the pescatarian stuff. I wouldn't say that um, my wife and I are full-blown pescatarians because I do enjoy a nice chicken biscuit for breakfast. Um, but our dinners have consisted more often than not um, with fish. When we go to the store... It's we're like, you know, it's like, what do you want for dinner? And at least a two to maybe three meals out of the week, we, um, we end up getting some sort of fish. And yes, we have a, we have a fresh fish counter here. Um, and we usually end up getting some Cajun catfish. I, 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 it's not wild caught, it's farm raised, which isn't super great. Um, but it's the best we can do. So, so we get that. And I wouldn't say, very often, every once in a while, when when she really wants, I guess, like fish tacos, we get catfish. Um, they are we do try and I try and get like fresh, wild caught. I make sure this, that it says wild caught salmon, um, from the fish counter, and then the best we can do on other stuff is we we I do like like mahi mahi fillet, uh, fillets and barramundi uh, fillets as well. We you know, can only get those frozen, but I make sure that those bags say. You know, wild caught or sustainably sourced, um, but we do eat quite a bit of fish, and I think that's also helped with my weight loss uh, a little bit as well. Because more dinners than than not, it's at least fish. And I, since I'm too lazy, I guess to steam my own vegetables, I just get the steamable bags <laughs> out of the freezer section. Um, but I at least try and put some type of vegetable on the plate at least at dinner. Lunch is a different story because it's more processed because it's just quick i guess um for work but sometimes if i have leftovers i'll take those 
but it doesn't have to be processed for lunch. Like last night, I enjoy a I good made, potato bread. <laughs> no, last night I made um, individual pizzas using non bread that I had made. Our, oh fuck made. my ass! I love non. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I put on their homemade red pasta sauce that I had made earlier in the week using some of the fresh basil that we had and the oregano. And so, and I just grated up different vegetables that we happened to have in the fridge, like a sweet potato, a zucchini. There was mushroom and onion and we chopped up bok choy and grated radish. And I can't remember what all else we had on there. I I mushrooms. But I just put all that on there and baked it off. Well, we typically don't eat dinner per se anymore. We're just not hungry, but it was ready to go for lunch. So we have that for like two days, three days worth of lunch in the fridge so that we just take that. There's always that option of, you know, take that Sunday afternoon and do food prep, meal prep, and have your lunches ready to go or know when you make dinner at night that you're going to do enough for lunch the next day. So you're A, saving money, B, you're not eating processed stuff, and you can control what's in there. You can control your salt intake from that. I mean, you guys know from growing up, we rarely cooked with salt. I mean, like we a little bit. We didn't add extra salt. So when we went out to dinner it was always a shock at how salty things were especially i remember growing up if we decided to get cheap cheap meat or whatever from walmart and we'd be having regular stuff that was not infused with saline and then you cook like steak or whatever from walmart and we would look at dad like what the did you do to this food and he's like nothing just garbage ass walmart steak and then we were like never again get this because i feel like for those of you that know SpongeBob, when he was looking at the water glass, all shriveled up, just because <laughs> that shit was gross. Uh, cool. So I, I want to bring up another side to to these type of diets, which is more the environmental impact um, of them. So we've talked a lot about personal health, but um, how does your diet, you know, affect you know the environment? So most farmland. That's used is it's used a lot for you know cattle and you know other animals that sort of thing and that's what uses you know a lot of water as well um, and it's part of the reason why uh, down in Brazil they're you know burning parts of the Amazon rainforest is to make room for all these you know these herds of cattle and shit so they can turn it into pastures and mosquitoes and if you look at you know the amount of you know, area or land used for, you know, just purely like vegetables and like a vegan diet compared to like a more traditional like American diet. Like the percent difference is massive and also water usage is drastically different. So that it has, you know, that big of an impact and you don't even, you know, realize it when you're like, oh, you know, I'll just get like a hamburger or something like um you know, the amount of, you know, land usage and water usage, like, that just went into making, you know, that burger. That hamburger destroyed about six acres of land. Right. Yeah, it's nuts. And even, you know, you know look at nature, you know, the meat-eating predators, there's not a lot of them, you know, at the the ones that are at the top of the food chain. There's, there's a reason there's not a whole lot 
of those types of animals and there's more herbivores, right? You know, it's just, it's not sustainable if, you know, there's, you know, a ton, like 7.8 billion people on the planet all want to cut a meat, you know, you planet just can't sustain that amount. What, one thing I want to say, um, and this is going to piss off any of you farmers out there that um, decide to tune into this or anybody that's a farmer's kid. Um, a lot of the land that's used um, throughout the Midwest and um, across the country that is used for farming, uh, a lot of it is gov- government subsidized. So the government, and this is going to get political, funnels money into those farms to keep them going so that they can keep making food that is cheap to make processed and um without much regard to the environmental impact uh while the while the people that basically do either subsistence farming or the farmer's market or you know they provide uh you know they're not as large scale um those guys are the struggling farmers um and then uh by the same token those are the big farmers that always you know whine and cry when their crops get demolished and they want to be like oh but we provide food for you like what would you do without farmers? Uh, we'd, we'd fucking figure it out because like you guys, like for the most part, and I got friends that are farmers, so they're going to hate if they're going to hate this when they hear it. But a lot of the crops grown now is just coin, coin, corn, corn, corn. Yeah. They're good coins. I wish we have a coin shortage in America right now. Um, (laughs) it's beside the point, uh, is just corn and soy. And, both of those plants, uh, hopefully I'm not mistaken, Squash can probably correct me if I'm wrong, but both, I know corn for sure. Um, they just suck the nutrients out of the soil. Um, I'm pretty sure soy does the same thing, but that's why they try and rotate which crop they plant which year. But, I mean, either way, those are the main two um, food crops that are grown across the Midwest uh, and, and in those farms because they're they're kind of cheap to plant they have a decent amount of like profit yield because they're used in pretty much everything um and the government subsidizes you for planting that stuff so farmers have now moved away from from or growing organically um or they have they've been doing this for years like growing organically and now have just moved into mass production of corn and soy and whatever else so get them the most money and it's just wreaking havoc um across you know across basically the midwest i think probably yeah hey that's political but um i think if people stop and do research and look at everything and you've used the midwest farmers as your example i'll use the chinese fishing fleet as my example um you can use the japanese whaling fleet as another example um there are cultures around the world that just want to and i use this term you know loosely because i i don't want to offend anyone but there are cultures around the world that just rate the earth for what it can give them and uh the problem we have is as a species we've never stopped to learn sustainability um, we want to keep reproducing. We want to keep growing as a species, but we've never stopped to ask the question, can this planet really afford to sustain us? We keep hoping technology 
uh, will get us out of the get us out of the hole. And unfortunately, uh, while, while we do all these programs and we do all this stuff, I think all we really do is kick the coke can further down the road, and at some point we're going to have to pay the piper. And that's coming in terms of global warming and uh, environmental disasters and economic disasters and everything that's happening to us. Um, and, you know, it can be as simple, getting back to our topic today, it can be as simple as in the diet a person chooses to follow as to the economic and environmental impact that it has. If we have a nation of people that decide, you know what, I'm going more, not necessarily full-blown vegan. I'm not saying everyone has to become like your mother and I and be full-blown vegan. But if they go more to a plant-based diet, a whole, and when I say whole foods, I'm not talking about the market that Jeff Bezos bought with his Amazon company because God knows he's got enough money and doesn't need anything more. But, whole food sponsor uh, us? Uh, if he would, it'd be great. I'd take his money gladly. Um, <laughs> hashtag not mad, would, hashtag not sponsored. Uh, here, but I hear that Jeff Bezos is kind of a tightwad and very selfish son of a bitch anyway. Um, anyway, what I'm saying when I say whole food, uh, I'm talking about just a natural plant that hasn't been processed in any way. So you're walking out your back door into your garden, be it a earth garden, a aquaponics garden, or a hydroponics garden. And if you need to look up those terms, go right ahead, because there's uh, other ways to grow food other than putting it in the dirt. Um, and pulling that plant from that garden and taking it to your kitchen and washing it and chopping it and using it as you would and not running it through a factory that wants to mix it with any sort of man-made chemical that they can find in order to sustain the shelf life to 27 years rather than five minutes. Um, so that's what we're talking about when we say whole food. We're talking about being able to walk out your back door, pick a strawberry from your plant, rinse it under a tap and eat it. Um, so, and those sort of choices have a big impact on the earth. Well, talking about the different types of diets, I think one of the things we need to do is change the terminology. It's not a diet, it's a lifestyle change. A diet is something you do for a short time and you cycle on and off of those and it's not healthy. But if you find one that works for you, it's a lifestyle change and it should reflect what your, what your beliefs are, how you, how you believe, what you think, what you think of everything else should be reflected in all parts of your life. Ben, you're about to burst. What is it? Yes. Okay. So when dad was talking about, go ahead, take it back. Um, when dad was talking about, um, you know, the, the, the cultures that rape the earth. And um, technology and how we're just hoping for it. Uh, I just had thoughts like the reason that like well recently in the Midwest there was a, a a large flooding that happened and it took out a lot of farmland uh, and all the farmers whined and cried. Um, but no one really stopped to look and say, well, why? 
And yes, it was due to an exorbitant amount of rainfall also. But I think a big part of it was that farming of, in and of itself has created an erosion problem um, everywhere. And so the banks of rivers that used to be sh- strong and would keep a river moving where it needed to are now weak because we cleared it out and literally farmed right up to the water. And so when any type of you know decent rainfall happens, everyone loses their minds because they're like, ah, shit, my farm. And it's like, well, you did it to yourself, pal. Um, and also other environmental impacts that farming and that farming industry has have also you know helped cause things that like that said with global warming and stuff. So the the paying the piper time is coming, and st- I feel like there's so that's why a lot of a lot more of the natural disasters are happening. California is literally always on fire, but that's because that is basically Babylon. But that's a different <laughs> that's a different topic for a different time. Um, I, think, I think Josh has something. Hold to on, say. uno mas. Um, and then when dad was talking about technology, it's like, uh, I just thought of how in movies, when people figure out how to farm and can grow all types of plants in these little pods that are like floating all around, like people are waiting for that type of science to happen. Um, you know, where hydroponics or aquaponics evolves into something that's like you see out of a sci-fi movie and everybody's just kind of like, well, we'll rape the earth. Until that happens, and where everybody's hoping Elon Musk will save the day, and uh, that dude just—he's—he's—he's he's, he's like the anti-Batman. He just has a lot of money, and he can just make whatever kind of toys he wants, and the public will buy them. Squash. All right. Uh, so one resource I would encourage all people to check out—it's um, a documentary on Netflix. Uh, it's by David Attenborough, if you know, or Sir David Attenborough. Oh, I saw that. You know who he is? Um, he's the guy that does a lot of the nature documentaries for the BBC. But his latest one on Netflix is called A Life on Our Planet. And I watched that one the other day. And that one, uh, he goes through his life and the time that he spent, you know, going out and doing these documentaries. And throughout this series, like he'll go through different years and it'll say, it'll pop up on the screen, you know, there's, you know, X amount of, you know, CO2 parts per million in the atmosphere at that year. Um, and also like what percentage of the world was still, um, quote unquote wild at that time. And the population. Yes. And the population on there. But one thing that, you know, he, he does go through is, you know, how your diet can impact, can and does impact, you know, the world. Um, and how we can reverse and that's the important bit on this one is the he spends the last you know in segment of the documentary talking about how we can you know reverse all these things that are happening to the planet by you know increasing the biodiversity to where it was at um i don't know there's one pacific island that they noticed their fish stocks were they were being overfished so the government just set aside various areas around the island where these are you know strict no fish areas um and it, it allowed you know the fish you know population to recover um and they're they've got a booming you know fishing industry now so, yeah definitely give that give that video a, a i look. have to watch it i saw it pop up i like his voice so it's very watch it. very good yeah He's like 90 some odd years old now. I didn't even know that. Yeah, 93, 94. 
you know, and I think it does come back to what we've been saying all along, and this is probably not a, a, a fay-ass question session that most people are thinking about when they see the topic diets, and it comes back to saving the planet. <laughs> uh, but honestly, you know, people really need to think about what we do and how the, and, and the, big, the big thing has always been what can you do as an individual to help save the planet? Guess what? It comes down to you are what you eat. And if you want to remain a member of the community of the planet Earth, then you need to watch what you eat. Anyway, um, I don't have too much else to say. I think I've said everything that I want to say. Mom? Just, I, I think you just need to look at what your goal is, how you want to live, how you want to look when you're talking about food and what you want to be. But you also need to be happy within yourself, which is a big thing. And you need to make sure that you are giving your body all the the nutrients and the fuel that it needs because the minute you don't, you end up looking starved and like a bobblehead if you're not eating or you look like Jabba the Hutt. And I mean, those are your two extremes. You need to make sure that you are feeding your body correctly and everybody has a different take on that, but moderation, make sure what you're doing coincides with your values of how you look at the world and how you can sustain, help sustain the planet. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode. I know it's a little loose, not a whole lot of structure to it this week, but uh, we'll catch you around in the next episode. So until then, I've been Josh. I'm mom. Yeah, I'm dad. And I'm everyone's favorite, Ben. See ya. <laughs>